Welcome to Metal Injection Squared Circle Pit! Today's special guest, James Durbin! And now, here is your host, Rob Paspati! What an insane week in the world of pro wrestling and honestly in the world of heavy metal if you've been following what's going on in the in the metal news but let's focus on the pro wrestling welcome to squared circle pit it's rob here on the show we explore the intersection of heavy metal and pro wrestling and today we have somebody who very much embodies that intersection and that is james jerbin he was on american idol uh he's performed with judas priest he's been at wrestlemania He's got stories uh, of both, and it was a great interview. It was very exciting to talk to James, and I want to mention James has a very metal new album, concept album called The Beast Awakens, out February 12th. Chris Jericho's on it. We talk about it a little, and, uh, and some of the guests he has on. And James was an excellent guest. And if this is your first episode of Squared Circle, but first of all, thank you for listening, and please take a look at our archives. We have so many cool guests uh recently i've interviewed triple h edge seth rollins john moxley i've interviewed uh, in the past chris jericho slipknot's Corey taylor brian posein i've interviewed eric bischoff jacob bannon from converge if you go way back in the archives mike d from kill switch uh, Corpse Grinder from Cannibal Corpse. That was a really fun interview. And plenty more. Go to metalinjection.net slash squared circle pit to access all of the archives. And after the interview with James, I want to have a few thoughts about the Royal Rumble and uh, AEW this week. So stick around. But right now, here's my chat with James. Now entering the squared circle pit. I'm very excited to have James Durbin on the show. James, you say you are a lifelong wrestling fan. I've seen in previous interviews. Which came first, your your love of wrestling or your love of rock? Probably the love of wrestling. Uh, that that definitely had to have come first. I think I was, man, how old was I? Maybe ten or eleven. The first time I saw wrestling, just happened to have a uh, garbage day at school growing up, and came home from middle school and uh, turned on the TV, flipping through channels one evening, one Monday night and uh stumbled upon monday night raw it was uh, rvd and jeff hardy in a ladder match i believe for the ic title and uh, ever since then i was hooked wow what an awesome first experience with pro wrestling i remember watching that match that was that was a great match and like those two guys were basically like at their peak at that moment like do you remember your reaction to seeing this stuff i mean it was just like i wasn't sure what i was watching like for myself like i, I was like oh i like this I've heard of people watching this, you know, I, I, I definitely remember kids having like, you know, NWO shirts and, and Austin 316 shirts and knowing of like, okay, there's a WWF and there's WCW. And then at that time it was already WWE. So this is post invasion as I know now, but something in that really excited me of, okay, well, you know, if I have a garbage day at school, you know, I can come home and I can watch these like real life superheroes. And it's just like having somebody instead of, you know, looking up to Spider-Man and Peter Parker and knowing that, okay, well, Peter's a loser, but Spider-Man's like the coolest guy in the world, but they're the same person, you know, like with wrestling, it's like, 
these characters are just out there and you know we, we don't get to see their their backstory but it makes you kind of want to know more of like oh who are these guys you know th- these guys were kids one day you know that maybe had a garbage day at school but then they became these literally like these superheroes yeah absolutely and uh so at that point you were hooked who were your guys once you started watching so my guys were always rvd jericho edge undertaker um sean michaels i mean i'm trying to think even back then i mean as as things evolved uh I always really enjoyed the high flyers, the cruiserweights, but but mm-hmm. also just Same. guys that could talk. You know, guys that could talk, guys that like didn't necessarily have to be the biggest guy, but would get on the mic. Like Jericho, for instance. You know, he could talk his way into or out of any situation, and I always really enjoyed that. That's cool, and and I, I always found that like uh, when I was a kid watching wrestling, it, it kind of gave me uh, like I, I developed a bit of confidence just from like cutting promos in front of a mirror you know just oh absolutely just being like lacking self-confidence did you find that as well yeah i I found you know i I was bullied a lot through school and so i would have these daydreams where you know i'd have this confrontation with you know just a a a really difficult kid at school and just like what i would say in my mind and like you know those things never actually happened i think one time like somebody threw like a water bottle at the back of my head and i went over and i just like approached them very slowly and i said you know something like was that a mistake on your part because if you don't (laughs) believe it was i think you better start to change your perception you know and like start to go into something like that but just like you know knowing that i would just get laughed at unless i just sucker punch the guy but you know it's just going through the i'm not a fighter per se i'm i'm more of a uh, a tactical type so yeah definitely that talking trying to uh put fear into the heart of your opponent <laughs> it's definitely something i've always i've always tried for um but i, I don't i don't think that it ever would have worked out did you have like a posse of wrestling fans uh that you were like friends with that you would talk about what was going on with or or was it more of something you kind of kept to yourself it for the longest time i kept it to myself and then in high school i made friends with a guy named chris and we're still friends to this day and not as much as we used to be uh our lives take different roads and such but in high school yeah i had i mean this is funny to to admit in high school because most kids are you know busy like finding weed and finding (laughs) you know grades and whatever and 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 their careers and whatnot but uh i still had my i had like a wcw nitro figure wrestling ring with like the soft center and a button in the middle that would make like ring sounds and stuff like i I, I kind of accredit this to uh, growing up with uh, with high functioning autism, and I've like um, always really like attached onto things. And so wrestling was really that thing. Like I would go to the flea market every weekend on Saturdays and Sundays because I'd be there singing karaoke. Where I live and have grown up, Santa Cruz, California, is is it's very um, forward thinking and, and artistic and all that. So yeah, we had karaoke and, and a stage at our flea market and stuff. Between songs and between, you know, performance rotations, I'd go and I'd have this beat where I would run the entire like search the entire flea market for wrestling stuff and if they if i saw something in a certain area i would kind of like hide it if they if they wouldn't give me a good deal on it i'd kind of like bury it under something else and then i'd go back later and i'd be like all right really though how much for the you know wcw great american bash vhs signed by macho man and rick flair 
You know, I still have, I don't know if it's genuinely signed by Macho Man and Ric Flair, but it says Macho Man and Ric Flair on it. So, and, and they're the two guys on That's the cover. That's great strategy. So, yeah, stuff like that. And like, I still have like a, a, a full set of, I think I still have. No, maybe I got rid of those. Like random um, trading cards and things and like a unopened box of WWF Hogan trading cards with the bubble gum in it that I've given to friends. But yeah, around that time, I, I, uh, I had friends and we, we would, I just had this group. I mean, up till I was 18 or 19, like, I mean, we were all just getting high and whatnot and watching wrestling and backyard wrestling. And I remember that same friend, Chris, I have video of it too, which is even more hilarious, but filmed on like an old camcorder, a VHS camcorder of us in my mom's front yard. And we did like this shoot backyard scuffle. I guess more is what it is. And he put me in like a crippler cross face for like a good 10 minutes until I was able to regain my breath. And I picked him up on my shoulders and gave him a full blown Death Valley driver on uh, in the front yard. And you just hear. And it just it was it wasn't pretty. It was more of a a, a unprettier. But uh, we we celebrated and and uh had little caesars and and a two liter root beer after that so it was you know it was water under the bridge yeah i mean i feel as a teenager if you're doing the backyard wrestling you just your adrenaline is pumping so hard you don't notice how much you're beating yourself up like i had a similar scenario where you know i would play wrestle with my friends but it was kind of a shoot like the submissions were a shoot and like my friend just had me in a choke and i just refused to submit and i i had no escape and like <laughs> i didn't submit for so long that like blood vessels on my face popped <laughs> oh my god like my other friends were like all right the, the match is done <laughs> you know yeah, you gotta yeah. stop it <laughs> it's forfeit you know throw in the forfeit. towel firm yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was the same for us. Um, you know, we'd put on wrestling in the house on a DVD or something and wait for it to say do not try this at home and then we'd be like, "All right, ring the bell," you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, you know, we we were never trying to hurt each other. We never tried to do like, you know, light tubes and barbed wire or jump off the house or any of that. Um, it was really all in good fun and and cardboard uh cardboard belts. We uh, started the Santa Cruz Championship Wrestling SCCW was our little our little fun thing, but really we just smoke weed and 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 go in the uh, you know, lock up. That was kind of like the the extent of it all. I, I love that. So, like, not only were you into the modern stuff from what I'm gathering, you're also going back and like you became so obsessed that you wanted to just watch any wrestling from the past that you could, which is something that I found I did. I enjoy it. I love the storytelling of it. I love when you can start a match with two people you've never heard of and have no idea of, and by the end of the match, you know, you're 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 rooting for both of them in a way because they they pull you through this this story. And even more so now with wrestling and, and I've been watching old uh, like PWG highlights on YouTube of like, you know, I just watched uh, Keith Lee versus um Leo Rush and uh from a few years ago and you would never think keith lee and leo rush would would wrestle and just seeing like leo with so much fight in him it reminds me of something like a like a like spider-man versus you know somebody much larger than him like goblin like like uh miles morales spider-man versus right. like giant green goblin you're just like how is this gonna happen but you slowly see like okay i try this and that doesn't work i try all these things and i slowly start to chop them down it's like those old matches of ray mysterio is like the giant killer um you know you slowly see that psychology in it and the art form and the storytelling and and to me it's it's that's what i've always gotten out of it 
That's funny that you mentioned that Leah Rush is like Spider-Man because I don't know if you saw, but in AAA, they just signed a deal with Marvel to have like to license Marvel characters in AAA. And Leah Rush actually played like a version of Spider-Man. Oh, crazy. I had no idea. Brian Cage played like Thanos. It was a pretty fun match. I think it's it's up on YouTube. You could just <laughs> you could just check it out. But like they he was doing the Spider-Man's like like Spider-Man gimmicks, like, you know, uh he didn't have like the webs to shoot, but like he would jump on the on the ropes and, and all that stuff. And like they did a really good job of like transferring the mythology of the comic books into the wrestling format. You know, that's awesome to hear. I know, I know, uh, down there in Mexico, they've been you know ripping off those <laughs> Marvel gimmicks for years. As uh, you know, I've got I've seen my fair share of uh lucha masks uh looking like spider-man or spader-man or whoever comes out man <laughs> spider you know right, all that right. stuff so yeah it's great that's awesome i'm definitely gonna have to check that out so also you know you mentioned the music stuff i, I want to talk about that as well so when did you kind of start developing your your singing voice sort of and, and thinking like oh i want to be a performer and, and and i i have to think that watching wrestling kind of inspired you in some way to, to do that it absolutely did um you know seeing people perform week after week and once you know i i i was smartened up pretty early on in my uh watching of it and consumption of wrestling um but yeah like people's entrance music and figuring out okay well what bands are these that are playing this and i remember when edge switched to uh alter bridges metalingus and just like oh my god i love alter bridge and this is like two worlds colliding and finding out jericho has a band and and you know i had all that remains fozzy's all that remains and stuff like that so it's like that stuff definitely helped but i've been singing ever since i was younger probably eight or nine in different choirs and and local theater groups and stuff uh in and around santa cruz here joined my first band when i was 15 or 16 a metal band called leviathan and uh definitely like went for it you know in in all performance i mean even up until recently when i sang for quiet riot i i donned the the tights i don't you know i donned the uh the lycra pants and uh went for it in in a tribute to the 80s and also in the wrestling sense as well and and tried to get as as tall of boots i could find and and i'm all about the showman and the flair and and, and pun intended and, and not and that's taken me so many different places you know like with american idol and all that and hulk hogan coming out and telling us that that we're going through and chris jericho crossing the invisible line the following day from Dancing with the Stars that filmed in the same studio. And a few years ago at the American Idol series finale that they did on Fox before they resurrected it a year later on ABC, I was up there on stage performing and, and uh, I had blonde hair and it was fried and frizzled by the time I was on stage and I was doing Dolph Ziggler moves. And then I look out and I see John Cena in the audience. That was pretty funny. I've done work with WWE in the past. Yeah. I mean, you're, 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 you're like plowing through all my questions here. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, the, all of it led me to it. You know, all the singing led me to the wrestling and um, my passion for it. They all had no choice but to collide at some point. I did want to mention American Idol, of course. On this podcast, I like to explore the relationship between metal and pro wrestling and, and music and pro wrestling. And I mean, American Idol is like the as close to pro wrestling as music gets because you're you basically have to cut promos and you have to you know be the baby face to win over the crowd to get them to vote for you and like connect with you and and, and show your personality and 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 so like i was curious like like how 
how you were using like kind of that wrestling stuff to kind of to kind of get through that because because and also i think you kind of really stood out as like the metal guy on on american idol which i thought was awesome yeah you know especially with idol it's it's a it's a show about characters you know it's it's a it's a human show and an art each individual artist is their own individual character and you know i i understood that and maybe it's from watching wrestling and understood that okay if i if i turn my own character up what's that going to look like you know there's a lot of wrestlers and and uh, performers and superstars or whatever you want to call them that their character that they're portraying is just them turned up and so what would mine look like and and just uh, i kind of did that in high school i i went from one high school where i was being very bullied and uh, ended up switching districts. And in that time, I said, you know what? Well, this is an opportunity for me to enter a new place with people that don't know me. Who do I want to be? Who do I, you know, this is my opportunity that I can repackage myself and rebrand. And so I called myself Crazy James. And then people just knew me as Crazy James. Like, oh, Crazy James? Yeah, that guy doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care, you know? <laughs> and which was the whole basis behind that kind of character if you will you know at this new school if somebody bullied me or somebody bothered me or i saw somebody you know um selling weed in class you know i'd, I'd call them out on their shit you know <laughs> and i just wouldn't care i'd just be like raise my hand like oh uh miss arlene uh so-and-so selling weed and, and and didn't offer to share with any of the rest of us you know or didn't, <laughs> didn't offer to bring it up with the rest of us give me give me a twomp buddy um but you know like people just picking on me and just being like really are you gonna back that up are you really going to back that up? I don't right. care if you call me queer or gay or douchebag or fag or any of that stuff, any of those evil, hurtful things. I just stopped letting people get to me. And I knew that they were only picking on me because of their own insecurities. And then if you confront them on that in the moment, most of the time they don't back it up. And they'd be like, oh, okay, I see you're cool. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, man. You know, like nothing escalated into fights people started leaving me alone or just kind of like, what's up Durbin, you know, or just, you know, respect. And, and that's what it took to get there and wrestling helped, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's all because of wrestling. I didn't have that confidence in my own self. I have a, come from a theater background too. So it was able to pull that out and, uh, you know, combine those, uh, wrestling and, and theater. Wrestling is basically musical theater <laughs> without the music, right? Like it's oh yeah, it's you know, physical theater. Yeah. yeah, it's physical. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. So you know, you mentioned you were in a metal band. What were your metal band? What were your favorite metal bands? Kind of coming up, like like who were you into in high school? I found metal in high school, and and of course that was around the era of emo bands. So I was into all the modern emo bands: My Chemical Romance, Thirty Seconds to Mars, Him, some Finnish love metal in there, uh, hardcore superstar out of Sweden. Uh, love those guys, still do. But just the classics: Dio, Priest, Maiden, Black Sabbath. Uh, those were those were my those were my favorites growing up. Of course, the Almighty Led Zeppelin, and 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 you know all the stuff in between. And I've always been a I'm I'm a big fan of melody and and a hook. Ah, you know, me too. A hook grabs you. So Foreigner, uh, Journey, you know, bands like that. So Bad Company, Sammy Hagar. So yeah, that that's really what 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 got me there. I'm really glad. I feel like there's not enough hooks, not enough melody in in metal anymore. Like listening to classic Dio albums or like even like a classic Ozzy album from the 90s. Like those are pop songs, but in like a metal framework. And I wish there were more artists that kind of 
worked like that, you know? Absolutely. Same here. I mean, that's kind of the, what inspired me to write this album, The Beast Awakens, was taking those hooks and, and hearing those, you know, those classic rock and classic heavy metal sounds and tones and themes, you know, fantasy and, and all that, and bringing that back. And, and you know, I, I listen to a lot of music and most of it is older music. So when I do dig into something that's newer, that kind of that, that essence, that quality doesn't come through. I listen to a lot of things and, and if I listen to some newer stuff, song after song, it kind of reminds me of the song before it or the song before that. So as music evolves and has evolved, I think as we're recalling things from the 80s of style and culture and that sort of thing, I mean, this is a piece of the 80s that was massive and that was huge and beloved um, and and so much fun. You know, if you if you can't have this much fun uh, in in classic heavy metal, singing songs about dragons and princes and <laughs> and sacred mountains and and, you know, wizards and shit, then like, where can you do that? Yeah. And, and you know, like you could definitely hear like the classic metal influence in these songs like uh the song that you actually did with chris jericho which i absolutely want to talk about like working with jericho uh kings before you like it just sounds like it could be in like the dio canon you know like it sounds like yeah of course like a dio dos song and i and i and it's great because i feel like there's not like nobody's really kind of trying to do that nobody's trying to do metal with melody right now or you know not so much it's like not happening in the the mainstream so i think it's really cool and uh the other single that you did you know it kind of just it's like sheer power metal like the prince of metal uh <laughs> like with the, i watched the video and and you're in the forest with all the the fantasy stuff like the lord of the rings that stuff it's like really nerdy stuff and and i don't mean that as a knock at all like i love that you're bringing this to to, to kind of like the, no, the thank mainstream you. that's 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 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but still, you know, this all this all can be related back to wrestling and, and related back to that that showman thing, you know, performance and all of that. Yeah, right. You're kind of taking on this metal persona in a sense of of, of this fantastical thing and, and just going for it. And I dig it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I got to say, like, even the title of the album itself came from wrestling. The Beast Awakens is wrestling adjacent. I was uh, preparing uh to be a guest on an, another a wrestling podcast called tights and fights and uh, we were discussing new japan pro wrestling's wrestle kingdom uh this was the 20 2020 wrestle kingdom and i was reading an article i bookmarked an article about jushin thunder liger because he was retiring and one of the subtitles of that article was the beast awakens and i was like oh that's really cool and it was saying about how beneath jushin's mask uh, is not the man. It's the monster because you reveal his, you remove his mask. You do this, you remove this sacred piece of his identity and you are doing something so evil and, and, and provoking that you actually release the monster Kieran Liger from underneath. And, and Kieran Liger is just, you know, it's just his old face, but it's covered in white makeup and black eyes. And he tries to drive a, you know, steel stake through the heart of his opponent. And they always end up, you know, getting to roll out of the way at the last second. The thing goes through a table or something. You know, it's 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 a shoot steel stake. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not fake. Oh, yeah. No, I saw it. The whole feud with Suzuki was great. 
Yeah, it's incredible. So that's awesome. So like you're like fully in, you're not just into WWE. I want to clarify here. You are into professional wrestling. You watch everything it sounds like. I am into the art form of it. It is a performance art. If it's good, you know, it's 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 worth yeah. watching. It's worth checking out. I've I've I created a goddess of wrestling that watches over, you know, all of the wrestlers, you know, and uh, there's the the Lady Guadalupe. Well, I got a tattoo of the lady wearing a Rey Mysterio mask and it says Lady Guadalucha. So that's, you know, I am I am I am in it. That takes over my whole forearm. So I'm in it. Uh you gotta send a photo of that. I definitely wanna post that on the uh Oh, I see. It, it's all over. Of course, it's on social media. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's there. I love that. That's great. And I, I agree. Like, true wrestling fans aren't territorial about a promotion. True wrestling fans will consume any and all professional wrestling. There's very limited amounts of pro wrestling I will not watch just because it's like it has nothing for me. But I will check out virtually anything just like you just because it's like if the art form grabs me, I'm I'm into it. Same here. Uh, WWE... You know, they're they're the elder statesmen and there's a lot of great stuff going on, you know, in, in NXT and SmackDown. Raw is kind of like at the moment for me personally. Same. <laughs> and, and you know, SmackDown is, is great. They're doing awesome things. I love the what they've done and been methodical finally with Roman Reigns. And we're actually getting like a good portrayal through him. That's more him. You know, again, that it's their own personality only just turned up to 11. Yeah, it doesn't seem forced. It's like uh, he's not saying suckering succotash or whatever. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's, yeah, he's it's it's coming from him. So there's no more, you know. Hopefully, knock on wood. There's no more forgetting what his lines are in the middle of a promo or any of that stuff because it's not right. so crammed in your face. Of course, him with Paul Heyman, that's like a match made in hell, and it's just it it works. You know, I love what's going on with AEW and watch those guys and and BTE. You know, love what's going on with the Dark Order and how they handled the the Brody Lee situation and and we've got minus one on there and and that's just something I'm I'm loving seeing unfold. You know, it's it's just like the it's the unknown with 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 AEW uh because I'm not familiar with a lot of the people there um but it's nice to see you know to to come up with something it's nice to attach to something and and watch it grow and watch it you know evolve um I love the dark order stuff I'm waiting for my join the dark order t-shirt that is a uh, <laughs> on its way to me right now from pro wrestling tees so stoked uh, on that that's and, awesome. uh, and impact too the stuff that impact is doing with aew and, and kenny omega over there and just watched a uh, private party versus a uh, james storm and chris saban chris saban i was gonna say alex shelley different uh, <laughs> motor city machine gun yeah it's just it's really funny like with tna for instance i i got some i found some dvds at uh, an old sam goody or something a long time ago and was like oh i've never heard of this it looked cool it had the six-sided ring they were doing the the ultimate x matches with with uh with Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and like, you know, watching that come up and, and evolve and, and, you know, seeing where it is now, it's a lot different, of course, but you know, things change and watching their circumstances throughout the years with Dixie Carter and Jeff Jarrett and Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff and all that crap. But you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see now and, you know, interesting to see where it's going to go next. You know, maybe we'll get new Japan involved in that partnership and, and create like this community organization of sorts an alliance an international exactly. wrestling alliance exactly I'm, I'm ready for it i think it's about damn time i agree i i think it, like if there wasn't the uh, you know obviously the travel restrictions i feel like 
probably would be seeing that right now. But we'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens down the road. I I gotta say, Jay, I love how into wrestling you are. I I thought I you know I assumed you you knew your stuff, but you like you're in it, and I love it. And like I think that's like I feel with with wrestling and with music. I think they share these these things. It's like when you realize the the enjoyment that it brings you, you just you can't help but dive in deep like if you truly love it you're just gonna obsess over it and, and like try to find as much about it as you can which which i see with you and like you had the 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 honor of actually being a part of wrestlemania you were a part of the miami wrestlemania i believe uh 28 the one with rock and cena what was it like to kind of be on the other side and be a part of their like charity stuff with be a star how was it uh, seeing it from that angle it was crazy. It's the only WrestleMania I've ever been to and will remain to be the only WrestleMania I've been to most likely. Who knows what the what the future holds for that? Gosh, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. You know, backstage at Access, hanging out backstage just as people are, you know, coming in and hanging out with Hornswoggle with Dylan. And we, we had a we just made up some like bro handshake or something you know bullshitting people that we've been friends a long time it was just funny and uh percy percy pringle was coming through you know paul bearer he was he was around playing video games with mark henry's son who was a crazy little guy running around and and he's probably like a teenager now so that's crazy too but like it was just such a great experience i got to attend the hall of fame front row sitting with uh with jericho and his wife and and his son ash opposite uh, cm punk there with the lead singer of rancid and lita well that was random but got to see you know edge get inducted into the hall of fame front row at the hall of fame and then sit you know two rows behind the announcers ringside at the main event and you know i met the rock and the rock told me like you know gave me advice like if you're ever doing an interview best advice i could ever give you durbin is don't fuck up and then he walked away you know <laughs> like i got <laughs> to shake amazing. the undertaker's hand i got to meet vince mcmahon you know just like shaking people's hands and just you know being cordial and not without having to say anything but just you know in all in a handshake and and, right. and didn't the try human. to buffer it didn't try to fluff the situation or, or you know say thanks for everything and and you know didn't try to make it about me but just like it's a pleasure you know just there in that moment but yeah doing those be a star campaigns those were fun going to schools and working with the miz and stephanie mcmahon and uh ray mysterio and and all that you know that was that was really awesome i i think i worked with ray bef right before i got the tattoo which was funny and we took a picture with mask on and he was like hey man let me get this fucking mask off let's take a picture <laughs> he looks like pitbull oh, so <laughs> it's just great you know it's just really great people and and a lot of really great uh, memories what was vince mcmahon like uh was it just like a quick interaction i'm i'm assuming a very firm handshake yes it was a quick interaction and a very strong handshake because uh, i was there <laughs> with i was there with jericho and uh so it was just kind of making the rounds with him after the uh, hall of fame i remember being backstage there and uh, with my uh, suit on and uh walked by and saw zach Ryder and matt cardona and his parents stopped me and asked to take a picture with me because they watched idol and they were big fans and you know miss mr Ryder. and they asked zach to take the picture and he was like are you serious bro like to his dad like <laughs> you want me to take a picture of you and this dude 
<laughs> this broski or whatever it was. And I was like, hey, to make up for it, we'll have your dad take a picture of the two of us for me. <laughs> it was just funny, uh, you know, just ripping on the moment. situation. Yeah, it was great. You know, he thought maybe I was coming over to take a picture with him or something. It was just funny. I, I love stuff like that. Did you ever get the photo of uh, you with with uh, Zack Ryder's dad? <laughs> Did you? Have- no, no, I never got that picture. I have the picture of me with Zack, but uh, that was that was for Mister Ryder. <laughs> it's a great story, and so it's cool to see how uh, you've developed this friendship uh, and, like, I'm assuming a mutual respect with Chris Jericho to the point where you know, like. You invited him to kind of like he's obviously in the rock world as well. He's doing things with his band Fozzie, and and you invited him to guest on the the aforementioned track, and and I love the track. And what was it like to kind of bring Jericho into your world, into like like your playground, kind of to play under your rules, <laughs> so to speak? It was definitely fun. I, I've always wanted to get Chris on a song of mine, and this one just ended up being the right one. I asked him like, you know, hey, if uh, if you were to uh sing on a kind of concept album what kind of character would you want to play and he said either a villain or a wizard and i was like i just wrote a song about a wizard so you know there you go buddy (laughs) if 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 you'll listen to it and he listened to it and he liked it and and agreed to do that cool that's awesome and and one other person i wanted to talk about that you collaborated with and one, one artist i feel that you kind of helped almost rejuvenate in a sense was judas priest on american idol uh, I remember it was like right around when they were doing their kind of album release and, and they were doing, uh, they had Richie coming in as the, the new guitarist. So it was kind of like a, a, a transitional period for them. But then you have this moment as the metal guy on Idol and, and it just, it all worked out and it, it made sense. But then you're up on stage with fucking Rob Halford, the metal god, who I don't know, like, I've been in a room with him a few times and I'm not usually one to get starstruck, but you can't help it because he's such a presence. He is, he is a main eventer. He's a top guy. (laughs) So what was that like? It was crazy. It was really awesome to get to perform with them. And, you know, like you said, that was Richie Faulkner's first show with the band, first live performance with them. So that was, you know, awesome to be a part of that Judas Priest history. It was really something I really uh, appreciated, you know, learning about after the fact. So not only that, but I've just been able to stay in contact with Rob and he was helpful with, with this album. After I wrote the title track, I sent it to him to get his thoughts and, you know, basically said like, you're on the right track, keep it up. And and he was one of the first people I sent the completed masters of the album too and um you know said that he enjoyed it and listened to it several times so it's like that's awesome for me you know to be able to have that kind of a affirmation on what i'm doing and trying something new yeah he seems like such a pleasant fellow and it, it must have been a little surreal to realize that like oh not only are they helping out my career like your, specifically your career james but like in a way you're kind of giving back to them and giving them the boost of being on network television on fox you know metal doesn't necessarily get that love from the mainstream music world so you know you kind of you, you gave a little like i i'm sure that you probably created a plethora of judas priest fans that day which must be insane to think about <laughs> well you know who knows It'd be great if that were true. Just, just probability-wise, you know, there's tens of millions of people. There's at least a thousand new Judas Priest fans <laughs> after that, right? You know, you could say that with, with certainty. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to uh, have gotten the chance to perform with them. And, you know, anything that's gained thereafter is just, uh, that's just icing on the cake. <laughs> so I, I forgot to ask you earlier, when you, when you were doing your back yard uh wrestling 
Who? What was your character? What was your persona? Oh, I was just Crazy James. That's who it was. Yeah, oh, crazy. So that was it. It was just Crazy James. Yeah, just just you never know what you're going to get with Crazy James on this particular day. You could get a high flyer. You could get a submission specialist. You could get someone that's just going to slap you in the face, kick you in the in the midsection, and uh, drop you with a DDT, and you're all done after a one, two, three. <laughs> did you did you have a finisher, a set finisher? Or you, you were so crazy, you never knew when the match could end. I always was a fan of the STO and the RKO. Uh, if you deliver an STO with like you know ferocity, and Chad Gaspard was one that really delivered a killer STO, and uh, I always tried to emulate his. Nice, I like it. One thing we like to ask musicians is, you know, WWE calls you up. They want you in WrestleMania. They want to book a celebrity match with James Durbin. Who do you request to be your tag team partner? Ooh, if you're you're doing a wrestling match. Well, I'd enjoy spending some time with Mr. Tom Pestock, Mr. Baron Corbin. I think that'd be funny. The Durbin Corbin, uh, <laughs> Durbin Corbin uh, Coalition. <laughs> I heard him on a podcast and and just seemed like a. Uh, a good guy despite you know his his role that he gets on tv and i said you know it'd be great to meet up one day or something you know passing who knows and literally like two days later we met at the dallas fort worth airport i was on tour and they were as well and uh it was just great to get a, a moment to to stop and talk and we're kind of doppelgangers for each other there are some photos that surfaced from my time at, at wrestlemania uh, and they were going around and people were saying on message boards like, oh, and look, a young Baron Corbin, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And, and uh, we took this photo together. And if I had my mustache shaved, we could have been brothers. I could see it. I, I, I never put it together before. But now that you mention it, I definitely see the doppelgangerness, you know, especially when you both have uh, when you have the darker hair. It, 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 it definitely looks like it much more yeah awesome so are you looking like you know this last year has been kind of weird but i feel like wrestling right now is pretty awesome i do want to thank you as well for taking the time to hang out with me here and i want to mention that the new album is the beast awakens it's out february 12th on frontiers music thank you so much for for, for giving me your time here james i really appreciate it it was great to talk wrestling maybe one of these days we could see each other at a wrestling show absolutely come too sweet me brother <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll talk to you later man thanks so much awesome thank you appreciate it i feel like i could spend another hour talking to that dude it was very very exciting i always love just finding out how big a wrestling fan these musicians are and then really nerding out or Vice versa, when I have wrestlers on it, finding out how big a metalhead they are. It was a fun week. Uh, the Royal Rumble was this week on Sunday, and it's one of the most fun wrestling shows of the year, I would say. And uh, I watched it live, and I am an old man because by the time, like halfway through the Men's Royal Rumble, which was the last match of the night, and this is already after the Women's Rumble and, and the, the championship matches, I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm ready for bed. It was a very surprising feeling because I'm usually very, very amped <laughs> for, for the Royal Rumble. But it, it was still very, very, very good. And I did like Edge winning on the one hand. You know, I'm a huge Edge fan, alumni of the show here. I am very curious with what they're, with, with what they're doing. And the instinct was like, oh, what if they had someone new? But if you think about it, last year, they gave it to Drew McIntyre. They made a star there. And with the Women's Rumble... They certainly created a new star in Bianca Belair, for sure. 
and I thought she did amazing. I thought the match, the Women's Rumble, was the best Women's Rumble so far. And uh, some of the surprises were great. I thought Billy Kay was incredible, and Bailey was great. And the whole match was really fun, and it flowed very, very well. And uh, the last, the final sequence with Bianca and Rhea Ripley was awesome. And I hope they really do something cool with Rhea Ripley. Maybe she'll end up on SmackDown. Uh, and Bianca, Bianca was great. I hope it's her and Sasha at WrestleMania. And uh, with Edge, I guess the rumor is that it's going to be him versus Roman Reigns, which that should be cool. That's a spear versus spear kind of match. So that should be fun. Also, Christian came back. So I really hope they do some sort of Edge and Christian reunion tag matches, at least. WWE, while I feel uh, SmackDown has been very, very entertaining. Raw, not so much. (laughs) Raw, I've been going out of my way to start as late as possible and... Uh, being very, very free with my fast-forward button. But I feel like some of the stuff setting up for WrestleMania is starting to intrigue me a little bit. Uh, some of the other matches in the in the Royal Rumble, Goldberg was Drew McIntyre. The build-up to this match made me realize I just don't care about Goldberg at all. And so, <laughs> whatever. But it ended up being fine, and I'm glad Drew won. I, I felt like there was an outside chance Goldberg might have won, and... I hope that wasn't the case. And now that he's lost, I almost feel like, well, what's the point of bringing back Goldberg? We'll see what happens with him. I thought Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens was really, really fun. I hope now that Roman Reigns might be facing Edge at WrestleMania, I hope we still get a program with Daniel Bryan at one of these two pay-per-views before WrestleMania. So that's all the WWE stuff on AEW last night. First of all, it was a great episode of Dynamite, and I really enjoyed the, the whole show, it felt like almost like a Clash of the Champions, like a mini pay-per-view. And the final moments of the show were certainly the most exciting moments because we saw the AEW debut of Kenta. Now, why does this matter? Because Kenta is a contracted performer to New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is, of course, where Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and all of them uh, were from and made their big name. And fans have been clamoring for crossover between these two promotions, but... I guess there were some sour feelings uh, with the now former president of New Japan and, and the folks at AEW. But now that that guy's gone, and, and <laughs> I guess because of the uh, the pandemic and kind of like limited ways to promote your companies, uh, now the, the timing seems right. And, and it's very exciting because not only is there this crossover for the first time, Omega and Cody Ibushi are tweeting about each other and... The possibilities are endless, and and I have to say, I I was watching all by myself, and when, when the reveal happened, I I, I definitely squeaked. I was like, "What? Oh my god!" And it, like, I'm watching. Like, who am I reacting? <laughs> but I just couldn't help myself, and that, that's why wrestling is so fun because it in, induces these kind of fun reactions that kind of distract you <laughs> from everything going on. Otherwise, much like with heavy metal, how just getting really zoned into a uh, metal app or really any music honestly and just distract you from from what's going on that's not so cool so i hope this was a nice distraction for you and thank you as always for listening you can follow me i'm rob injection on all social media of course squared circle pit is on facebook twitter and on instagram so give us a follow uh on twitter it's squared circle pit with no e in circle the other two easy peasy and thank you for listening we'll see you in a little bit